Um, so this morning, I want to talk to you about having an unoffendable heart. That's the, that's the response I expected. Yeah. Well, I did think, I, I thought that I should say that um, you, you, you may get offended by what I have to say, but hopefully by the end of it, you'll have some tools to, uh, to deal with that, with that offense in your heart. Uh, and also, as what can sometimes happen, when, you know, when you preach that someone can sit there and go, I think he's talking to me. He's talking about me. He must be talking about me. He's talking about it. So, yeah. so I just want to let you know and just to quell your fears. Yes, I am talking to you. I'm talking just about you and nobody else. So, um, yeah. But I do think it's something that is kind of, it's a, it's a common thing in our lives and in our hearts, this thing of offense. So it probably, hopefully it's relevant. Uh, Matthew 24, verse 10. <clears throat> Anyone Bible? Bible. Matthew 24.10. And it says, talking of, uh, this is Jesus speaking, it says, Then they will hand you over for persecution, and they will kill you. You will be hated by all nations because of my name. Then many will take offense, betray one another, and hate one another. So even within the church, this is a, a warning. So offense is widespread in our society, and I believe that offense is one of the most relationally destructive forces that exists. Offense destroys relationships, it destroys families, it destroys churches, it destroys nations. And I'm sure we could all think of a time in our lives when we've been offended by somebody or something. Uh, even if I was to look at, I mean, if you, I'm sure it's not the only case, but, but even something like as significant as, as World War II, Hitler and the Jewish people how much that would have been actually rooted. It was rooted in somewhat in Hitler's own heart of his offense towards a particular people that would lead to actually millions of people being slaughtered. Really, at the, in the root of that was offense. Getting offended by somebody or by something is usually a choice. It's a reaction to a situation. It's something that happens at heart level and we often might not be aware of it. So it's usually something happens, a circumstance, and then our response is to be offended. So from my experience in pastoring people, I've also found that a lot of people don't see it as an issue. Offense is simply the natural consequences of someone else's behavior. The blame gets put onto others as to why we are offended. So the question is always, well, they offended me. That's what we say, they offended me. Not realizing that actually offense is my response to their behavior. So I want to present to you that in the kingdom, offense is not okay. Offense is an unhealthy and potentially sinful response to, in our heart to other people's behavior. So the way of Jesus is to live as an unoffendable people. Does that seem crazy? Yeah. The way of the kingdom is to be unoffendable. So it's important that we take responsibility first for our sinful response to other people's behavior. Jesus says in Matthew 7, 1, Do not judge so that you won't be judged. For with the judgment you use, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but don't notice the log in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your own eye? And look, there's a log in your eye. Hypocrite. First take the log out of your eye and then you'll see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. So even sometimes in relationship, we can see things in other people. Okay? But if you see something in other people and it causes offense in your heart, you lose the capacity to rightly and lovingly and truthfully speak to that person about their issue. Because you become blinded and you actually forget about the fact that oh, there's a big log in your own eye spiritually, you know, like metaphorically, there's this big lock and you're trying to see past. Can you imagine when you get a, like a little speck of dust in your eye, you can still kind of see. It's like hard and it's a bit painful, okay? If somebody shoved a log in your eye, all of a sudden you're blinded. And sometimes that's what happens and that's what can even cause us to talk to somebody else about their issues is actually because it stirred up a fence in our heart. And so we feel, you know, compelled, oh, I must talk to them about this. And it's actually because you have offense in your heart and that's the motivation to deal with this because there's something negative that's been stirred up in you. God puts us in community 
to stir up those sorts of things, to stir up the brokenness, the insecurities in our own heart. So what is offense? The dictionary calls it annoyance or resentment brought about by a perceived insult or, to, or disregard for oneself. In the Greek, the word for offended is scandalizo. Does that sound like anything in English? Scandal. It is actually the root word for where we get scandal from. How many scandals in history have come from, from a person's offense? It also means a stumbling block. The word can be translated stumbling block. So be, is being offended a sin? Well, I think it's... I would consider it... It's like the, the place that nurtures sin in your heart. If you have offense and if you're offendable, it means that you're open to allow sin to be cultivated in your heart. So pride is usually the seedbed for offense. And offense is the doorway to a multitude of other deadly sins in your life. So I think sometimes offense in itself, it's like the thing that, it's the, it's the warning light. It's, there's, a, there's a trigger and there's a warning light that says, oh, I just got offended by that person's behavior. Okay? But it's important that we recognize that it's a warning light. And therefore it means that there's something that we need to be aware of. Uh, I read an article um, online that says, It is often our pride that suffers offense most easily. Pride leads us to expect more than we deserve. Pride is a form of self-worship. God must destroy our pride, and to do so, He will allow offenses to expose what we lack in humility. It is not wrong to expect encouragement for our good works, as an example, but we cannot be offended when it doesn't happen in the timing that we are expecting. Uh, it's, it's like there's a, there's a need, there might be a need in my heart. I, I just want, I, I want affirmation. Okay? Affirmation is not an ungodly thing. It's just like, I think it's good, it's healthy, it's like it ministers to your soul when people say, hey, that was awesome and well done, it's, it's good. Okay? But if I do something with the expectation that I will receive affirmation and I don't receive affirmation, then I get offended because I didn't receive affirmation, well, that's a problem. Because I'm living with an expectancy to receive, which essentially is rooted in pride. I'm wanting something from somebody else. I'm expecting them to behave in a particular way. In the Elijah House training, they talk about bitter root expectancies. So this is where an expectation that gets built in our heart actually creates what's called a bitter root, which grows up and produces more and more bitterness in our life. But that's when we put expectations on people to say, as a friend, this person should behave this way towards me. And if they don't, I'll get offended. Well, I, I, I have relationships where I will behave in a particular way and they don't return the same sort of behavior to me. And if I'm not careful, it can start to offend me. So I'm like, well, I'm doing all of these things and they're not doing any of these things. And so I get offended. But the reality is I'm choosing to behave in that way towards them and they're free to choose how they want to respond to me. But if I'm standing in a place like I deserve something in this, it's pride. So Jesus had an unoffendable heart. So number one reason as to why we should seek to have an unoffendable heart is because Jesus had one. When Jesus hanging on the cross, Luke 23, 34, said, then Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They do not know what they are doing. And they divided his clothes and cast lots. All the way through from the arrest to the crucifixion of Jesus, he kept silent. And the reason that Jesus kept silent is because he didn't need to respond to the slander that was being thrown at him. Mocking him, beating him, pulling out his beard, putting a, you know, a crown of thorns, so mocking him, oh, look, king of the Jews. You know, slapping him and saying, prophesy. You know, if you're the king of the Jews, you're going to come and prophesy over us. Whipping him, putting the, the robe on him, like, oh, you think you're royalty, Jesus. Complete, like... I think for, for most of us, if you were treated that way by people, you'd at least be like, like, oh, you know, but he just kept silent. He knew who he was, so he didn't need to stand up for himself. Jesus was mocked and tortured and humiliated, but there was no sin in him to be aroused by other people's sinful behavior. Other people's sin often will arouse sin in us. If anyone had the right to be offended, it was Jesus. And not only was he not offended, but in the middle of that whole scenario, he was free to bless those who were cursing him. So it's not even like, oh, I'm just going to... He didn't just 
be quiet and I'll just bury down that pain <laughs> and hopefully it doesn't come up ever in my life. He's not having sozos with God at the moment. You know, he's going through a larger house with the Father. No, he was, there, wasn't this, this, there wasn't anywhere that could take root in him. So not only that, but he is actually free to bless. It was like everything that was coming at him was just washing off him because there was nowhere for it to land. Matthew eleven six. I was just going to say before, Jesus had no ego, no I. Matthew eleven six. Jesus replied to them, go and report to John what you hear and see. The blind see, the lame walk, those with skin diseases are healed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor are told the good news. And if anyone is not offended because of me, he is blessed. See ya. One down. That was a joke. Bad joke. (laughs) Anyone who is not offended by Jesus is blessed. So what causes offense? Well, it can be someone's bad behavior towards us. Or it can be our interpretation of someone's behavior towards us. It can also be when someone says something that we don't agree with or we don't want to hear. It, it pricks our pride. We don't like that, so we respond in offense. So the way that I've seen offense work in my own heart or maybe in the lives of others, someone does something we don't like, step one. That action or those wound words find a wound in our heart and they poke it, they arouse it, they stir something up in us. Could be an insecurity, could be pride, be pain, trauma, whatever it might be. We are unaware of the wound, but we experience the pain. Someone does something, I'm like, oh, that hurts. I'm very aware of the pain that it's caused me, but I'm not necessarily aware of the source of the pain. So what I actually do is I say, you're the source of my pain. So instead of recognizing our own pain and seeking healing, we look for someone to blame for causing the pain. We then become offended at the other person. And if the offense isn't dealt with, it opens the door to sin in our heart and in our behavior. So we are wounded. Somebody stabs that, hits that wound, pokes that wound. I feel pain and I'm like, and you're to blame. It would be like if I went to the doctor and the doctor sat me down and said, Brad, I have to tell you, you've got, you've got cancer. And then I left that and went around and told everyone, the doctor gave me cancer. It's the same thing. If somebody offends you, all they're doing is exposing an area of brokenness in your heart. And to blame them for the pain that you're feeling, it's the same as telling you, like saying, it's like the doctor. No, I was fine. I didn't have cancer until I went and saw the doctor. And then I leave the doctor's surgeon. Now, Now I've got cancer. What a jerk. Well, that sounds silly, Brad. I know, because it is. That's how we live sometimes. Or just me. Don't get offended, please. I'm afraid you'll leave. And it will expose my insecurities. (laughs) Uh, What are some of the negative fruits of offense? Why don't you tell me, what are some of the negative fruits that come out of offense? Anger. Disconnection. Hopelessness. Bitterness. Yep, revenge. Gossip and slander about the person. Hatred. When offense isn't dealt with, it gets worse and worse. Offense leads to bitterness, which is like cancer to the soul. It is only destructive. This came to me the other week. The fruit of murder is contained in the seed of offense. The fruit of murder is contained in the seed of offense. Even when Jesus says, if you look at a brother, even with hatred, it's like you've already murdered them. Because Jesus knew the power of that offense. And where it can ultimately lead to. I don't think people 
you know, even people who commit horrific acts of murder, they don't necessarily wake up unless there's, they have mental, you know, they're mentally deranged or something. But often a lot of stuff that happens. And even in this nation, the amount of domestic violence that leads to the partner being murdered is, is incredible. Like if you look at the statistics, it's like it's mind-blowing that that exists today in our very nation. But all of that sort of stuff, where does it start? Starts with offense. In people's hearts, it's heart wounds that get stirred up by somebody else. And it ends up because people lack that self-control to manage it or to seek out healing, and then it ends up in those kinds of places. It's horrific. The other thing about offense is offense blinds us from seeing the truth. I, I did a blog post about this a, a while back. But our ability to be offended is inversely proportional to our ability to receive truth. Okay? Inversely proportional so means as my ability to be offended goes up, my ability to receive truth goes down and vice versa. The, the less offendable I am, the more opportunity I have to receive truth in my life. In relationship with others, if we are easily offended, it can shut down our ability to receive truth. So an example would be if someone was to raise a character issue with you and your response is to take offense, it doesn't allow you to engage with what the person is trying to communicate with you. Your offense becomes the focus rather than on the truth that may be contained in what the other person is trying to share. I've had situations where people have rebuked me so they've called out my sin and they said, dude, it's not okay. And I knew they did it in love and my res- there's this like opportunity that I have. It's like a crossroads. It's like, who the hell do you think you are? That's, that's one crossroad. Like, what about all the stuff in your life? Who made you perfect, buddy, to be pointing out stuff in me? Well, I see all of your junk. You don't think I don't see that? I could, I could write a whole list of all the crap in your life, but you don't see me talking about it to you. Okay. So that's, one crossroad, okay? <laughs> One way to go. The other way to go is like, even though I'm attempted, I can't deny the fact that what you're saying to me is true. And out of anything, what I desire most is to live in truth because in truth there is freedom. Jesus says the truth will set you free. There's truth contained in what that person's saying, even though I might not like that person or I might have stuff that I think, well, there's all this junk, but what you're saying, I can't deny that what you're saying is true. And my primary, I want my primary responsibility to be a pursuer of truth. And so I'm going to go, I'm going to choose, when there's a crossroads, I'm going to choose to go down that direction because that's going to lead to my healing. That's going to lead to opportunity for repentance. That's going to lead me to greater truth, which means greater freedom in my own life. Man, I've had, I think in, I'm particularly, I think when you get married and somebody raises something, you know, your partner's kind of like, and there's all of that stuff, but I can go, but you know what? I'm not going to, I don't need to justify. I just need to deal with what I've done wrong in this situation. I remember it was younger in my Christian journey and I, I stupidly asked God to humble me. Um, that's a bad prayer. That's sarcasm, by the way. Um, because God does. That's kind of one of those prayers. It's like you can ask for a million dollars. God's like, mm, I don't know. Humility. It's kind of like it just is like a megaphone comes on in heaven. Like someone's calling out God. Someone's calling out for humility. All right, send an army of angels to set up every circumstance possible that's going to definitely make them come into a place of humility. But I had, and I remember there was like two times that I've done it. I don't pray that anymore. Um, I'm not an idiot. Third time a fool. Um, but, uh, and it literally was like within that week, God set up circumstances. Even when people, there was like a, a conflict that had happened between me and someone else. And they had done things wrong in the conflict. And I had done things wrong in the way that I responded to them. And I just felt like I need to talk to this person. So I talked to them and I just repented. I said, I'm just really, really sorry for the way that I behaved. And they said, no worries, thank you. Anything else? No. You know, but that's the thing, and that's, that's humbling to come into that place. So I'm going to take responsibility even when you don't take responsibility. I'm going to take responsibility for my sin even though you're not taking responsibility for yours because I'm a responsible person, and I'm a powerful person that can take responsibility for my own sin. 
And regardless, if you've done 50 wrong things and I've done one wrong thing, I need to take responsibility for my one wrong thing and I release you to take responsibility for the 50. Again, this article that I read, it says, uh, Paul told Timothy to reprove, rebuke and exhort in 2 Timothy 4.2. He didn't say exhort, exhort, exhort. But exhortation is what we receive in a lot of churches. Certainly, we need to be encouraged, but there are also times, beloved, when we need to be reproved and rebuked. Today, there are preachers who are afraid to preach truth for fear people will react and leave the church. The end result is a church of easily offended people who cannot grow beyond their inability to accept correction. It's destructive. It keeps people trapped. The other thing of offense is it prevents us from asking deeper questions about the state of our own hearts. So when somebody does something, even though you're from a distance and you see it, oh, that offends me. Maybe it's like that time that preacher preached about offense, having an unoffendable heart and like, oh, it's, you know, it offended me. But we don't ask the question then because all of our attention gets put on the offense and the person who caused the offense. We don't go, why did that offend me? I've had times where I'm like, that's the weirdest thing to, to offend me. Why does that offend me? But if I'm free, then I can stop and say, God, why did that offend me? What's, what's in my heart that would cause that to happen? And I get to do a journey with God. And it's like, it's because you're insecure, Brad. Because you're insecure, you have insecurity. What's, what's actually because you have a fear of rejection. Well, it's because you don't, you don't actually value yourself. Or it's because you don't know who you are, Brad. If you knew who you are, then it wouldn't matter what that person thought of you because you know who you are. When that accusation comes against you, it doesn't need to offend you because you go, actually, I, don't, I just don't receive that because I know who I am. So offense, again, blinds us. It stops us from asking even those why questions of our own heart between, between us and the Lord. Offense is often our defense. Offense can be a protective function to avoid the pain and brokenness in our hearts. I guarantee if you, the most offense that you have in your heart is the area of deepest pain, probably the biggest wound. And you'll probably find what are the things you get offended at? Well, that's most. Well, that's probably the biggest area of pain in your heart. Offense in our hearts builds a fence in our hearts. Oh, yeah, I went there. <clears throat> offense builds a fence we protect ourselves from others and the pain they cause us even though offense is equally if not more painful and destructive than that person's behavior towards us the problem is that the fence that we build to keep the bad out also keeps the bad in as soon as you build a fence well you can't come in you can't hurt me anymore and i can disconnect from you because you did something wrong and i can distance myself and all of the pain and the brokenness in my own heart, I'm just going to keep in here with me. Our brokenness stays broken. We stay in captivity and we partner with the enemy to actually bring greater death and destruction to our lives. He's seeking to steal, kill and destroy. An offense will create an environment where the enemy can run rampant in your heart. Offense creates an environment in our heart that cultivates hypothetical lies. If we get offended by someone's behavior or their words, from that point on, if the offense isn't dealt with, we start to interpret all of that person's behavior through the lens of our offense. Who's ever done that? Liars. <laughs> I'm at all the time, the amount of hours that I spent hypothesizing like oh and then this and they'll probably do this and then i'll talk to them and this will happen and then this and that and whatever and when they did that and that's all in that thing that happened there and it's because they think that and like it goes and just goes on and on and on and on and then finally god rebukes you and you stop and you say i just want to talk to you about that thing and they're like i didn't oh, i'm so sorry i didn't mean that at all oh i see that i'm i'm so sorry that was my mistake and you're like oh man like you know, that person didn't wave at me when I, they saw me in the shops. I didn't even see you, you know. Like, it's, it can start with the smallest little thing, but it will stir something in us, and then we go into this little fantasy world of justification of why we feel the way that we do. Maybe it's just me. Offense robs relationships of freedom. 
An offendable heart is always waiting for its next person to devour. If I'm free and you are offendable, my freedom will eventually stir up offense in your heart. And it's a hard thing to be in relationship with easily offendable people because you've got to watch everything you say and do. Because you say the wrong thing, even if you say something that could be interpreted wrong, it's all over. I've had that, I've had that in relationship. I have that, I don't know if it's been in my own heart, but it's kind of like there's, just, there's this tentativeness of just waiting, waiting for the offense to come, waiting for the offense to come. And it means there's not freedom in the relationship. I'm the kind of person I'm like, I just feel I want to be free to say whatever I want to say, and then you're free to pull me up on anything that I say. Because otherwise, I'm, I'm measuring and trying to think, of what, what can I say here and what can't I say to that person? Why, why can't I behave that way? And then I'm the one who gets bound. I don't want to do that. Because your offense isn't my responsibility. Your insecurity isn't my responsibility. My offense is my responsibility. My insecurity is my responsibility. I'm the one who is responsible for my part in a relationship. To live in relationship with an offendable person is not a, a relationship of freedom. And sometimes then their offense stirs up offense in you and it just, it's just bad. Offense can often be the result of miscommunication or misreading a situation. As I said before, the number of times I've been offended by someone and it turned out that I totally misread the situation. I've heard text messages are really good at that. Yeah? You know, you read a text message and you're like, ooh, how dare you use that tone with me? Forgetting that there's no tone. There's a ringtone, but there's no other tone <laughs> in what they're saying. They could be tired. They could, I've been, you know, sometimes I'll just be like, hey, I'll send back a one word kind of thing. And I'm, it could be because I'm driving. It could be just late at night. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be like, you know, did we want to do this? Question, question, question. It's just like, do you want to do this? Because when you end with a question, it's, you want to do this? It says, want to do this? What about this? Freedom open-ended. You want to do that? You want to do this? Like, yeah, there it is. Be aware. But you know that when you read a text message and it sparks something in your heart, you know, okay, there's actually something in me. And it might be in them. They, you might be spot on as to how they're behaving towards you. They might be rude and inconsiderate and anything like that. But if it sparks something in you, you've got to deal with your own heart. And then you can go to the person and talk about the speck that's in their eye. And say, hey, you know, I just found sometimes when you text, like it just feels like this. And they're like, oh, I'm really sorry. I don't know. That's how I text everyone. You know? um, or I was driving or I was busy or I was tired or whatever it might be. Offense always causes us to act unrighteously. I've seen relationships where the initial act that caused the offense was completely outweighed by the responding sinful behavior of the, of the one that was offended. Offense takes the person's sin, invests it, gets a good return on their investment, and then gives it back to the other person. You do something small. You sin against me in a small way. Now, I either deal with that sin I talk to you about and we resolve it, or I just get offended and I take your sin and then I go and I put it in the bank and I wait for a while, let it you know, build up some interest, get bigger and bigger and bigger, and then I withdraw that and then I spew it back on you in all sorts of either aggressive or passive-aggressive ways. And you're like, what the hell? Why are you treating me like this? Surely I haven't done anything. This. Well, you remember three years ago? When there was that situation, and then you said that, and this happened? Yeah, that offended me. It's like, well, if you just talked about it back then. And I'm not saying sometimes the reality is we don't have revelation as to why the pain causes stuff. But if we live with this acceptance of offense, that it's an okay thing to happen in relationship, we, we won't ever do the journey of actually getting to the root of what that is. And you can even do it if, if you're in relationship with someone and say, hey, you know what, when you did that, I just felt like it, it, Brittany, can you help me do a journey to discover what's going on in my heart? Because that's the problem. The heart of the matter is a matter of the heart. Offense is not your friend. I'm going to break it to you. 
Some people have become very acquainted with offense. Offense ends up ruling their life. They go from broken relationship to broken relationship and it's always the other person's fault. If you come to this church and you've been in the last year at five different churches, I've got questions to ask. I'm not saying that's the problem. You could just be searching whatever. But, and if it's always like, and they did this and they didn't do this and they didn't validate this and they didn't open this door for me and they didn't say this and nobody greeted me at the door and whatever it might be. If you're going from church to church to church to church to church, I've just got questions to say, hey, you know what? Maybe it's you. Maybe there's some brokenness in your heart. And that's not to blame you. It's your fault. No, maybe there's some brokenness in your heart. So you're actually interpreting all of that person's behavior through a lens of offense. So you're not actually able to see the truth of what's going on in that situation. And maybe, yeah, you just went to five really bad churches with a bunch of jerks. Like, that's also a possibility. But my question is always like, hmm, I wonder what I wonder what that is. Because if it's offense, eventually I'm going to do something, we're going to do something that's going to cause you to leave. And it probably won't be something significant because offense has become such a friend to you and you look after it so well that you'll, you'll follow offense wherever it goes. I won't, I won't be offended if you leave. Bless you. I am. Enjoy. I... <laughs> Offense is not your friend. Agreed? All right. Uh, Offense and unforgiveness often go hand in hand. The offense stops us from being able to truly forgive because to do so would mean that I have to let go of my offense. When we have offense, it makes us feel powerful because we feel like we're in control. Sometimes we can say the words of forgiveness, but because we have allowed offense to take root in our hearts, the forgiveness isn't genuine, and so all of the negative feelings remain in our hearts. Now, if somebody is sinful towards you and it causes a wound, painful, you're human, you're supposed to feel pain. Okay? And I guarantee that people will be the primary source of causing you pain. So even if you don't have a root issue, it's just like somebody was just did something horrible because of their own brokenness. Okay? But, so it's, it's not about not feeling pain. It's not about not engaging with pain. But if that pain causes us to step into the place of offense, that's where it gets dangerous. And so even in that situation, if you find yourself, oh, there's been an issue, they're there. Well, I've forgiven the person, but every time I see them, I just want to smack them in the face. It's possible that the forgiveness wasn't genuine and there's offense in your heart. Now, you can go, you know, that, that person, and, and, I, and, I've, and I've forgiven them, and, and I just have grace for them, and I'm praying for them, I bless them, and, and when I see them, you know, I still feel pain about the relationship, or I still feel pain about what happened in that situation, but I know that God's going to heal me. And that's the journey that we go through of healing and restoration. But when we deal with the offense, we're free to step into that place of healing. Offense needs a landing strip in our heart. If offense doesn't have a place to land, then it'll fly right past us. If I don't have insecurity in my heart, because my security is in Christ, then I remove a landing strip for offense in my heart. If I'm walking in humility and not pride, I remove another landing strip for offense in my heart. It needs a place to land. And offense will only have a place to land if we allow it a place to land. Now, again, there's, there's going to be brokenness in your heart. You're not going to be aware. But as soon as you become aware, don't give it a landing strip. Deal with the brokenness. Deal with the pain. Deal with the hurt. Deal with the insecurity. So you don't give the enemy a foothold in that way. The more we become like Christ, the more unoffendable our hearts become. Psalm 139.23 says, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my concerns. See if there is any offensive way in me. Lead me in the everlasting way. There's two ways. There's the offensive way or there's the everlasting way. And that psalm right there, Search my heart, God. See if there's any offendability in my heart. God might say there's insecurity in there. Okay, God, help me to to do that journey of, of being healed from insecurity, finding my security in Christ. So if someone dishonors me, 
It's only my insecurity that will allow offense to be stirred up in my heart. Their words and actions may be sinful and hurtful, but I have a choice in how I respond to their behavior. For me, I sometimes just let it go because I know that the other person is broken. As Jesus said, forgive them, Father, for they don't know what they're doing. It's the brokenness in their heart that is causing them to behave that way towards me. It's not always the right time to point out another person's brokenness. And it means that I have to take up my cross and carry it for the sake of other people's sins. And this is the way of Christ. Sometimes in relationships, we just, I just know that if I bring up that thing, they, they're not going to have revelation to see that insecurity in their heart. And it's actually potentially only going to cause more problems. And I mean, you have to be led by Holy Spirit. And I think sometimes for me, I haven't pointed out things because I've been insecure or because I've been fearful in dealing with things. But I believe that there's times, and again, the more that you mature in Christ, I could, I could look across this room and I could, I'm sure I could see at least some area of insecurity in, in someone's life, maybe, if I'm lucky. But I could go, but you know what? I know that the Lord is going to deal with that. And I don't need to deal with that if I'm not getting offended by that person's behavior. Because not all insecurities cause that person to do sinful things. It just means that, well, they might not speak in that kind of way or they might you know, be on about this in my own life. And I could say, you know what? I'm willing to, to take up my cross, as Jesus calls us to, and to carry that person. And not, that's like, God will reveal that. God will expose that. The Holy Spirit is really good at bringing things to light at the right time. And other times, I'll pull people aside and talk to them one-on-one about stuff. Sometimes I think we can get offended and we think it's my duty to offend them back in the same way. If somebody publicly dishonors me, I actually don't have any sort of sense that I need to dishonor them publicly or even expose their dishonor publicly. Because probably the reason that they're doing is because they're broken. And I don't need to justify myself in front of a whole group of people to say, oh no, that's, but that's not who Brad really is. I mean, if, you, if someone got up here and started like, rating me i'm gonna say get the hell out look take this guy in. <laughs> security <laughs> um but you know what i mean like i don't feel and I've, I, I've plenty of times where it's just been like that it's like wow that, that really wasn't the right way to speak to me and i'll just pull the person aside and say hey i just didn't, didn't appreciate that and it's usually in that context because again someone's offended with you they act a particular way towards you you respond in offense back to them oh That'll solve it easy. That's the perfect plan for solving offense in your heart. No, it's not. But when you draw someone aside and say, hey, the way that you spoke to me, it just that hurt my feelings. I just didn't feel like it was honoring. And majority of the time, it's like, no, I'm really sorry. I'm just tired or I'm just this or that or, you know, whatever it might be. But it's dealt with then. It's nipped in the bud. So what do we need to do when we are offended? Number one, we need to invite the Holy Spirit to search our hearts and reveal the root of that offense to us. Invite the Holy Spirit into that place of pain. We need to confess the sin of offense to God and, if appropriate, the person you are offended with. I believe if you catch it quick enough before you sin, then just deal with it with God. All the time, someone will do something like probably at least a few times a week for me. Someone will do something I'll be like... "Mm." That irks me, or I don't like that, or, or whatever it is. And I'm just like, God, what is that in me? I'm, I'm not trying to look at the other person. And as soon as I start looking at that other person, well, was it them and this? I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's affecting me because I have an issue. It's the only reason I should be able to live in any circumstance with anyone's behavior, regardless of what they do, doesn't offend me because it's not finding a root in me. But if it does, then my first response is there's something in me. There's something in me that's causing that to happen. So I need, oh God, I'll bring that before you. And if I've stepped into that place, of, I think I just got offended with that person more. But I haven't responded sinfully towards them, but I've just got, oh, that offense. And again, depending on the level of relationship, it might be something you hardly know. And to walk up to them, oh, I was, I was really offended. Sometimes that can even be a little self-righteous. Oh, I just want you to know that what you did the other day really offended me. You should stop doing that. It's like, you've twisted it. Now we're trying to control the other person, whatever. Don't do that. Uh, it's called witchcraft. Um, that's a whole other sermon. Maybe if you need to, if the offense has taken root and you've responded in offense towards them, go to the person and communicate what the Lord reveals to you. Matthew 18 is the principle for conflict resolution in the church. If you don't know the Matthew 18 principle, you need to learn the Matthew 18 principle, which is 
When you have a, an issue with someone, what do you do first? You go to the person, one-on-one, -on, -one, on your own, if appropriate, one-on-one. -on -one, okay? If they don't receive what you have to hear, which again is different, I, I want to say a little side note. Speaking the truth in love, okay? Just because you speak what you believe the truth to be doesn't mean you're speaking the truth. You're just being honest, okay? So principle, the principle of the relationship, be honest in love, okay? And potentially in that process, you'll discover that you are speaking truth. If you come in thinking, I know the truth and I'm going to speak the truth in love, which means I'm not going to yell at you and be angry at you. I'm just going to give it to you and then you don't respond. Well, now you're not receiving truth. No, well, maybe they're just not receiving your honesty, um, but you might, you might be missing it. You might not be speaking truth. So side note, back on track. Cool. Matthew 18, go to the person one-on-one. -on -one. If they don't receive it, then bring someone else along with you or a couple of other people. Say, and tell the person. Don't say, don't just like rock up at their house one day with a posse of people like, hey, we've come to talk to you about that issue, you know? If you're talking to someone, they're like, no, I, I disagree, whatever. And say, okay, I just feel like in order to resolve this, um, can, we, can we go and talk to somebody else? Can we go and talk to someone in leadership? Can we go and talk and, or bring this person in? Okay? It's not bring in the multitude of evidence. Well, because well, this person also thinks this about you. Don't ever say that. Bad. Bad. Keep it to yourself. Keep your own opinion in the situation. So you think, and if that doesn't work, then you bring it before the leadership, the church. If that doesn't work, then you kick the person out. In the Bible. All right, here's another little example which can be helpful in relationship. So just say, I just made up this example. Someone's behavior towards you causes you to be offended. So they invite everyone else to their birthday party and don't invite you. Yeah, because you're 14. It causes offense in your heart. You take it before God and ask why. God reveals to you that you have a fear of rejection. And in sharing your insecurity, you can help the other person to love you well. I've, I've encouraged people to do this. Sometimes it's like, I've realized I have a fear of rejection. And it's like, well, maybe you could communicate that to the people that you're in relationship. And so I just want to let you know, I have a fear of rejection. And that doesn't mean you have to behave in any way, but it would be helpful if you didn't behave in these ways. Okay. I had a situation where, no, I won't talk about that one. Um, No, not at all. Not at all. It's like, but I've realized it and I know that my fear of rejection causes me to respond to your behavior in this way and I repent of that. But I'm also saying in love, as I'm journeying through getting healed in this, if you could not do this. So it might be, if you could not text message me important things, if you could ring me, because I just, my issue causes me to misinterpret things. So if you could, if, if you wouldn't mind just calling me if you have something to talk about. If you have an issue with me, don't put it on Facebook. I did that the other week. I didn't have an issue, but I just, you know, <laughs> it was a leadership thing, and I was like, trying to do the right thing, and I didn't do the right thing. Um, I did, I did, I did. Next week, I'm going to play it back and sit in the, sit where you guys are. Um, but it is something that even in relationship, when, we, when, when something gets revealed, we don't go then, okay, I'll go and deal with it, but we can communicate that and say, you know what? I actually struggle with this. And if you, if you were able to alter your behavior because you love me, that's probably not going to stir that thing up while we do the journey together or I do the journey of being healed in that way. Yeah? All right. You can live free from offense. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Get excited for our party. Make sure you invite everyone. Um, number one. A way to live free from offenses. Catch the seed before it takes root. Repent quickly. Okay? If offense causes you to respond to somebody, repent quickly to that person. Deal with your own heart first before judging another's behavior. Remember, I think for me, probably offense for me, my, my number one way that I used to deal with offense was just disconnection. I would just be like, mm, it would hit something in me. And I wouldn't even necessarily respond towards the person. I would just disconnect and hide away. I'd be like, oh, that was painful. I'm going to go over here. And then maybe eventually I'd come, come, you know, kind of back in. Um, or, or Amy would call me and say, Brad, what are you doing? I'd be like, oh. 
I'm, I'm, I'm hiding. It's like when kids close their eyes. No one can see me. <laughs> Doesn't work in community. <laughs> Another way to live free from offense. Bless those who curse you. Bless those who offend you or have offended you. When someone does something you don't like, say, Father God, I, I just speak your blessing over that person. Jesus commands us, bless those who curse you. So even when somebody's doing, they might be doing something you're interpreting in that way. They might be doing something actively against you, aggressively or passively aggressively. Your response, because you're free from offense, is to bless. And even if you're not, just, just press through. I bless that person in Jesus' name. So much firing. Um, don't play the blame game. You are the only person that is responsible for your sin. No one can make you sin. You choose how you respond to other people's behavior. So take responsibility for your responses. If you use the words, that person offended me, you're in a lie. You're trapped in a lie. Because they didn't offend you. You chose to respond to their behavior with offense. If you say, that person made me angry. You chose to respond to their behavior with anger. Now, it could be an automated response because there's a deeper brokenness in you, so you don't really necessarily have a choice. It just kind of comes out in that way. But you need to take responsibility. Their behavior is their behavior. Your behavior is yours. The only person's behavior that you're responsible for is your own, not another person's. Now, you can speak what you believe to be truth, and it's good to talk to people about that. Don't just ignore other people's brokenness, but do that journey. If you have a relationship, say, hey, I noticed that in this situation you do this or this happened. Go to people if you need to. But take responsibility first for your own heart. The primary one, is what we're singing about this morning, is build your identity on who God says that you are. The more we come to understand the truth of who we are in Christ, the less we'll be offended by the words and actions of others. God wants to set your heart free from the bondage of offendability. God wants to set you free. Because it's bondage and it's, it will only produce death in your life. And the only reason I'm saying this to you is so that you can be free. I'm not offended with you. And I don't. I, I said to Lisa the other night, and she's like, oh, I've got, so got to do my sermon. And um, that was last night. Um, and uh, she said, what are you speaking on? I'm, I'm going to speak on having an unoffendable heart. And she just affirmed me. She said, wow, you're like, that's good because you don't seem to be someone who gets offended easily. And uh, that was very nice. Um, but I, I realized for me, and it took a long time for that to happen, and it, and it takes going through hard seasons of that, but I know the freedom of not getting offended. I also know that sometimes I will. I have responded in the past by disconnecting or, and, and bearing the hurt and not dealing with my pain. That's, you can do that as well. So just because you don't you know, spit fire back at the person doesn't mean that you're dealing with the, with the wound in your heart. But more and more, I just trust God's ability to say, Lord, I want to be free so that nobody can offend me. That people can't... Can you imagine the freedom of that? That's freedom. That's the freedom that Jesus came and purchased for you, one of those major areas. If you want to be like Christ, pursue having an unoffendable heart. All right, why don't you stand with me? I'm going to pray for you. I just know the number of churches that have been destroyed, the way the enemy gets in through a fence. The enemy knows there's a hole in the fence. And he can get in and just destroy, destroy relationships, destroy marriages. You know, when you think about marriages, you know, marriages end for different reasons, but I reckon one of the primary things is that the relationship slowly breaks down over time because there's undealt with offense. Such it's such a demonic weapon. But at the same time, I see in so many people's lives, like they talk about offense like it's, it's natural, normal thing. It's how, that's how you respond, isn't it? I should, I should be. I have a right to be offended. Nope. When you said yes to Jesus, you lost your right to offense. You gave it away. Let's pray. Father God, I pray for the hearts of everyone in this room, including my own, Father, for those who couldn't make it here and even for those who will listen to the podcast later on, Father. And I just pray your healing balm over hearts this morning. Your healing balm, Lord. Your healing anointing to come. And Lord, even where there's, I just sense like fireworks going off in people's hearts, I just speak a calming to that right now in Jesus' name. A discernment 
to know what the Lord is saying. And even if my words have stirred up offense, I just speak the grace of God and I bless you. If you're offended, even with the words that have come out of my mouth this morning, I bless you in Jesus' name. And I bless your spirit with the ability to receive the truth of the Lord. I bless your spirit with the ability to receive healing from Holy Spirit. And the Lord does not condemn you. And the Lord is not fearful of your brokenness. The Lord does not shy away from your pain. He doesn't shy away from your sin. I even break off that lie that says that God can't dwell where there's sin. He absolutely can. And he's the only one that can remove it. He's the only one that can heal it. So Father God, we ask, Holy Spirit, come right now, Lord, a grace for healing and restoration of hearts, Lord. And God, that we would be a people, Lord, a church with an unoffendable heart. That even when people wrong us, Lord, even as persecution increases, Lord, that we'd be a people that I just don't get offended by anything that you do to me because I'm free. Holy Spirit, help us. Even if we need to go to people, Lord, that you just give us that grace to go and say, hey, you know, I'm sorry for being offended. I'm sorry for carrying offense in my heart. Would you forgive me? It's really simple. And Lord, for those just those deep areas of brokenness, we just pray, Lord, that you, in your right timing, would shine a light on those areas. And you'd say, it's time to deal with this. Lord, for areas of brokenness that we're already aware of in our hearts, that we'd see where the branches have grown, Lord, and we'd see where the fruit, the negative fruit that's coming out of that root of brokenness in our lives. And you just do that gentle, loving journey that you do, Holy Spirit, in removing those things so we can be free. I thank you, Lord, that you care about our freedom. You care about our freedom, Lord. That your kingdom is a place of freedom. And you purchased our freedom on the cross. So, Father God, we give you our offense this morning. We give our hearts over to you, Lord, in any way that we've picked up the responsibility of protecting our own hearts. We lay it down and say, God, we trust you. And we trust you, Lord, that in, in any relationship, Lord, that you have growth for me in that. You have blessing for me in that. And there's restoration, Father, even where relationships are so broken, Father, that we think, I just don't see how this could be repaired. I thank you, Lord, that you are able. You are able to repair. You are able to restore. You are able to rekindle love and affection for the other person. You are able, Lord. We will not put a limitation on your ability to bring restoration, Father. And Lord, even where people have come under that lie, I bind that lie up in the authority of Christ and I cast it down. Because that is a lie that sets itself up in opposition to Christ. Release your grace upon us, Father, to be an unoffendable people. To be people who search our own hearts first and take responsibility for us. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Mm-hmm.